You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do defense today, so that's gonna be the plan. We will do the final walkthrough of this game, looking specifically at how the defense did, who did what, and let's be honest, ninety percent of me wanting to do this is to see what the heck Devonte Wyatt got a ninety overall grade for. But that's what we'll do. Um, I'm not sure if I'll have a walkthrough guide um, to complement this or not. In my mind, I'm picturing it being a little bit more difficult with uh, defense than offense, but we'll get there when we get there. Uh, but it, I guess we'll just get started here. So the first play, and yes, I'm going to be nitpicky, but but let's just do it. Um, the first play is a four-yard run by Jamal Williams, and Quay Walker comes up and tackles him. And I think all of us stood up and cheered and clapped and said, "That's go, let's go, Quay, that a boy. Here's the issue, and we are going to start right away with the uh, the guide. Having watched the Packers' offensive line, but then also the Lions' defense, one of the things I noticed is the thing that hurt our offensive line a lot is the aggression of their defense. And I've been harping on this for a while with our linebackers, not really being super aggressive. Essentially, what the Lions did, I appreciate from the standpoint of simplicity, having watched our offensive line, they are essentially going to double-team the two interior defensive tackles. Penny Sewell will take the end guy on the line, and then TJ Hawkinson is going to come back across the formation and try to take out Preston, and he is going to just completely whiff. Here's the problem, though. Five offensive line are accounted for, and with TJ Hawkinson whiffing, that leaves Preston Smith, Quay Walker, and Devondre Campbell completely unaccounted for. Nobody touched any one of those three guys, and nobody even got near Jamal until he got four yards down the, down the field. If this was an attacking defense, if they had just shot right through their gaps, this is a loss or at least no gain. Because I'm watching the Packers offensive line. It's like, well, at least I get it because you got to kind of watch the linebacker. The Lions didn't. They didn't pay any, any mind, any attention to our linebackers, and they didn't make a play until Jamal came to them, and I'm getting tired of that. And the, the really annoying aspect about this is you say, well, if they're over-aggressive, they could over-pursue. There is nowhere else. For somebody, if he goes somewhere else, it's somebody else's responsibility. There's a gap for each guy. Shoot your gap. Well, what if it's, what if, you know, they toss it back to God? What if, what if, what if? I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 
I'm watching every other defense play us and be aggressive, and it works. That's what I know. Next play, they got Quay coming on a blitz, which actually works out quite well. Uh, Blake Quay comes unblocked around the edge. Um, Goff needs to make a quick decision, quick throw. Tries to get it out uh, to his right, and it ends up hitting the dirt. And that's going to bring up third and six. And again, pass rush is a major factor. Um, he did have a guy come open, but it was just a, a hair too late because Kenny was just on him. Now he stands in the pocket, he makes the throw, it's just not a great throw. So that's two times in a row now pressure has either caused him to panic or he's just bad at football, I'm not really sure. But um, we got lucky on back-to-back throws where the ball just hit the dirt. But Kenny, again, got there nice and early. So that's it, they're off the field. Of course, we get the ball back and uh, go forward on fourth down, give them the ball right on the old 31-yard line. Next play is a screen pass out to Amon Ross St. Brown. And again, I'm going to blame Quay for allowing this to get away. Uh, the pass for uh, Amon Ra goes for 11 yards, and it's a screen. Quay's standing right there. He's right there. And Penny Sewell is, is running at him to try to go do something, to try to block him. Don't let him. He stands there, and he waits, and he waits, and he waits. And this is what our linebackers do all the time. We wait to get blocked, and then we try to get off the block and go do something. You got to run up there, dude. You can see him standing there. You can see the quarterback's arm cocked. What's the worst that's going to happen? Run up there. You don't have to wait. If you run up to him, first of all, he's not even going to throw the ball. I don't understand this thing where we stand there and we wait to get blocked, and then we confirm that it's actually happening. Like, oh, shoot, I better try to get off this block. I'll show you that in Exhibit B. Too hesitant, man. As soon as you read it, you got to go. You can't wait. You can't pause. But that sets up first and 10 from the 20. Absolutely nobody's open, not a ton of pressure, but there's nowhere for Goff to go. He kind of, he throws it toward sort of the middle of the field-ish, like he thought Amon Ra was going to cut in, and he just never did. Uh, Razul was just mugging him all the way down the field. I don't mean that in terms of a penalty, I just mean he was in his face. And uh, at one point, Amon Ra even kind of stumbled and couldn't get back up, and just extremely tight coverage. Really good job by Razul. And again, I don't know what Goff is doing. Next play, DeAndre Swift uh, gets one yard. Really good job up front by the... uh, defensive line you know you know they're doing a good job when you're having a hard time trying to figure out what the offense is trying to accomplish I think the cool thing that we've got going on here is we've got four linemen but three of them are defensive tackles so the guy we have on the edge is actually Jaron Reed and so when they put Hawkinson out there which is normally his assignment would be to try to take on a guy like Preston you got Hawkinson on Jaron Reed and that's just stupid so then you got Kenny getting double teamed by the left tackle left guard Slayton's got a one-on-one with the center who is one of the best centers in football and I'll tell you what, Slayton is just whooping him. The right guard is going to pull, but there's nowhere to go. It's such an absolute mess because Kenny's doing such a good job with that double team. He's not budging. And that man on the end, TJ Hawkinson, is just nowhere to be found. Jaron Reed is literally using him as like a human shield, pushing him into the right guard as he tries to come across, and then pushes him into Swift. And Swift's like, all right, I got nowhere to go here. He contemplates trying to follow that double team, which I think was the plan, but Devondre Campbell's lurking. Jaron Reed is hunting, and Slayton clearly has control of Ragnow, so he sees some green grass and decides he's going to go there, but Quay Walker's standing right in that hole. Now, if I wanted to be nitpicky, I could say he could just dive through there and tackle him for a loss, but he doesn't. He hangs out. He's close to the line, and as soon as Swift pokes his head through that hole, Quay just attacks and gets him down for no gain. Well, it's a one-yard gain, which, again, didn't need to be, but whatever. It's a good play by the defense, mostly the defensive line for sure. Tell you what, man, I, I really do like this coverage, too. Um, the disguises of it. You know, when I'm watching Packers versus Lions, I'm, I'm watching the, I'm kind of pausing as it goes along on passing plays to say, okay, at this moment, 
look at the pressure, look at the guys and the routes are running, look at all these, just, just to kind of see what you would do where you're at. And I'm watching going, oh, he should throw it here. Wonder why he didn't. I wonder if he's going to be open. I wonder if there's a window here. Because you've got two Packers playing sort of the middle of the field zone. At least that's what it appeared. And you got a, and you got a guy running right through them up to where the safety is, but the safety is toward the middle of the field and he's over to the right side. I'm thinking, man, you throw that corner of the end zone, you might have a chance there. Well, as soon as he breaks through and, and, and Goff cocks his arm, Razul, who looked like he was playing sort of more of a shallow zone, just beelines it backward. And Savage does the exact opposite. As soon as the guy underneath breaks, Savage sprints for him. So all of a sudden, these two guys who are in the middle, Razul is deep and Savage is, is short. And Savage, with his speed, that's where the ball went. It went to the short guy instead of the deep ball. But Savage, with his speed, was able to close and break up that pass. And if he had decided, okay, I think I can fit it in that window, Razul probably picks that ball off. So I'm watching it going, oh, shoot, I was wrong. <laughs> and I would be wrong a lot of times, even with, but usually, usually with pausing it, you got a good shot here. You can kind of see what guys are doing, but the Packers do a good job. Because it's, you know, they always talk about, uh, you know, pre-snap and post-snap. You show the, the quarterback one thing pre-snap, and then post-snap, you kind of snap into this new thing, right? So you got two deep safeties, which can easily rotate into something else. The safeties can drop and guys can, can you know, the safeties can come up and other guys can drop. One safety stays, you know, single high, the other one drops. You can do all kinds of stuff after the snap. This is almost like a third thing. You show something pre-snap, then you show something post-snap, and then you kind of change what you're doing based on where the players are going during the play. It's even messing with me. Like, oh, this this is a this is automatic. Oop, nope, never mind. Nope, he's covered. <laughs> he's very covered. Anyways, check that out, Exhibit C. If you don't know what I'm talking about, by the way, packernet.substack.com. I've got a follow-along guide with some some uh, screenshots so you can kind of see what I'm saying as I'm saying it. But anyways, with that, uh, with that breakup, that forces a 37-yard field goal. And remember, they started at the uh, started at the 31. Next series, next play, Jamal Williams gets no yards on the play. A lot of this is being driven by the defensive tackles doing a good enough job, forcing him to the outside into the arms of uh, Quay Walker, the linebackers. I do think Jamal had a lane up the middle. He got a little bit of, uh, a little bit scared, which I think would be to the credit of. Uh, Devontae Wyatt and Kenny Clark, who were on the inside. I think there was a lane there, but Jamal saw it and didn't like it, decided to bounce to the outside, and there's Quay just waiting with uh, open and loving arms. Next play, they take advantage of our coverage. Um, This isn't the first time this happens, but you've got um, Jair playing very far off. And obviously things can change, pre-snap, post-snap, all that stuff, so you got to be careful. You don't always know what exactly is going to happen, but assuming that's just his area over there, they're just going to run sort of a quick out and take advantage of that cushion to that side. Uh, he glances over there, and he's just he's got it. So um, I mentioned, I think yesterday or the day before, there's a play where we give up a crucial third or fourth down or whatever it was. I think it might have been to ice the game. I'm not positive. But Jair, we, they needed three yards. Jair's about five yards off or something. It, it, it could not have been any easier to just steal those yards. This is a similar situation. However... This is also a different situation because it's second and 10. I don't really like giving up seven yards on second and 10, but Joe Barry loves it. And so we conceded seven on second and 10, bringing up third and three. And in this case, it actually works. Not necessarily because of anything the Packers did. There's a little bit of pass rush, not much. Quay's kind of closing in. Looks like everybody's kind of compressing a little bit. But this is just Jared Goff kind of led Amon Ra a little bit too far outside, and he ended up dropping the pass. They said he caught it at first, challenged it, hit the ground, and they end up having to punt. So defense, as I expected, is going quite a bit faster. We're already through the first quarter. Starting in the second quarter, 
Again, Jamal Williams gets about two yards. This time, though, what's interesting, um, they've got Quay to the outside. They bring Amos up into the box, and Amos isn't doing what Quay and Dre do. He was working his way up there and actually shot through the gaps and made a tackle. He still got two yards, but if Amos had stood back where Devondre was standing back, this would have been a lot bigger of a play. Slayton also doing a great job getting penetration. Jaron Reed doing a good job of collapsing off the edge. Again, kind of being not really the edge guy, because again, we brought Quay over on that side, but doing a great job holding off that side. Wyatt did as good of a job as you could expect getting double teamed. But again, it was Amos in that compressed area going up and making a play. Right off the bat on the next play, it's a pass play. Uh, You can see, you know, Devontae Wyatt had a elite pass rushing grade, but only had one pressure on the game. This is one of the areas where you can see how that makes sense. He's got number 63, who I believe is the right guard blocking him. On this play, he rips him to the ground and gets right through him, but immediately falls into the arms of the running back who's right there. So he's got to go through two guys. Everybody else is blocked. Wyatt just absolutely destroys the guy. The right guard's laying on the ground. But Goff does find James Mitchell for seven yards. No real flaw there, just for playing zone, found the open spot in the zone and threw it. Next play was almost a disaster. They had their little flea flicker back to Jared Goff, trying to get Jamison Williams open down the field. Um, the worst part about all this is that the, the Packers' defense actually did a great job as far as Darnell Savage using his blazing speed once he recognizes it. I mean, he's up at the line of scrimmage. He sees Jamison kind of goofing, or he, I don't know why he didn't just go into dead sprint. He's trying to be all sneaky about it, like he's blocking way too long. Like, just run, dude. But anyways, give Savage an opportunity. He gets down the field, man, and I'm telling you, it's hard to tell from this angle. I'll check the other angle, but looks like it goes right through Savage's hand. Like, that could have been picked off. So, yeah, it's really hard to tell, you know, to three-dimensionally. But I will say Jair Alexander's got his hand pointed to the sky as if to say interception. Maybe that means something else, but that's kind of what it appears to me. And then he's like, oh, shoot, he didn't get it. So I think that should have been picked. I mean, it, was a, it would have been a tough play, but just it just sucks because that would have been unbelievable if the Packers could have come up with it. It didn't matter because it ended up being a penalty, which, again, we get bailed out by a massive uh, play on a penalty. You can see that uh, image in Exhibit D. Again, the Packers are playing uh, their zone defense. Nobody's really open, so he dumps it off. Unfortunately, not a very good job. Uh, by Razul and Savage. You probably remember the play they talked about it. They both converged on him. Neither of them really tackled him because he split the defenders or whatever. But uh, Jackson ends up getting 11 yards on third and 10, brings up first and 10. Ridiculously good job by Kenny Clark to uh, hold this to a two-yard gain. He's being double-teamed. Fortunately, one of the offensive linemen kind of is hesitant, like, you you know, making sure you kind of got Kenny. But also, I want to get up here and get this linebacker. And then he realizes that guy does not have Kenny, so he tries to kind of put one more hand on him. Kenny's like, no, just get out of my way, and wraps around behind him and tackles him, which is fortunate for us because on this particular play, they did decide to send an offensive lineman to help block a linebacker, and anytime they do that, our linebackers are irrelevant, which is really sad, but that's just the way it goes. Next play is a 15-yard pass to Josh Reynolds. Um, Coverage was fine. Razul was was standing right there, kind of actually even gets a hand on the ball, just good throw, good catch. Offensive player had stronger hands. I mean, from a schematic standpoint, there's nothing wrong with it. Nobody was really open. He just ran kind of a deep curl route, and it was good timing. And I don't know what to say about that. And then Razul could have done a better job getting there, getting the ball out. Next play was a nine-yard run by Jamal Williams. This is mostly on Devontae Wyatt. He kind of got blown up a little bit. Remember, his really good grade is pass rush, not run defense. To be fair, he did get double teamed. He went head on uh, 
head-to-head with the guard, but the tackle comes in and blasts him from the side, which is always tough, because this is all physics, man. And when somebody comes in and hits you right in the ribs, full force, when you are not expecting that, you're kind of cooked. And so honestly, I don't even know if I would put this entirely on Devontae Wyatt, because if they're going to do that, if they're going to crash down a tackle, we've got Justin Hollins on a tight end. He needs to be able to crash that down. And then you've got a, a lead blocker coming through, taking on Devondre Campbell. He needs to crash in there and, and close that, seal that up. And unfortunately, Devondre kind of sidesteps it, which is so stupid. Rather than taking him head on and, and sealing that off, he kind of steps to the side as if he's trying to evade it. Well, now he's standing next to Hollins. What good does that do? So he just kind of clears a path for uh, Jamal to run right through, which brings Quay Walker across the formation to tackle him. But of course, he's already pretty far down with a full head of steam, and he ends up getting nine. Next play is a Devontae Wyatt sack. Nothing super fancy. He just pushes his way right around him, gets around the quarterback, actually strips the ball out, but the but uh, Goff, I think, falls right back on top of it. But that's a five-yard sack thanks to Devontae Wyatt. And they're going to run the ball again, another 11 yards this time by DeAndre Swift. We've got our defensive tackle spread out so far in this formation. Um, I'm guessing third and six, we're anticipating pass here, and they end up handing the ball off. They've got three offensive linemen inside of our two closest defensive tackles, Kenny and Wyatt. And yeah, they, they thought it was pass all day. Wyatt got so far upfield, they didn't even have to touch him. He took himself out of the play. Same with Kingsley and Igbare. He shot up the field. Preston shot up the field. Kenny's the only one kind of holding in there, but they easily could double-team him. That's not a problem. And so really, it's uh, Campbell's the only guy that can really do anything, and they've got an offensive lineman going down there to get him. Easily get him, no problem. Fortunately, Savage uh, catches him from behind and brings him down, and this would have been a lot worse. Next play, great coverage. Nobody's open down the field. Pressure eventually gets home from Preston, so he just throws the ball away. Then you get a run play from DeAndre Swift. Again, Jaron Reed, fantastic job, breaks right through the middle scares Swift, so he has to break to the outside. We've already got Quay lined up to that far right side, so he's kind of peeking around the corner. So he not only has to break to his left, but go backwards a little bit because Preston and Quay are kind of getting upfield a little bit. And that's when Savage breaks through and tackles him for a four-yard loss, bringing up third and 14 from the 35-yard line. And and anytime you see like third and 14, you know for a fact the Packers are, are going to make it really hard to get down the field. We're going to make it really easy to steal about half of this. And so the Lions decide to take that. Um, Jared Goff dumps it off to DeAndre Swift, hoping he can make a play. The boys rally. He doesn't get the first down. He picks up eight of 14, bringing up fourth and six. They try a 46-yard field goal, and it is no good. Ends the drive. Packers drive down the field, Aaron Jones fumbles, and uh, now we're left with uh, the Lions on their own 10-yard line. There's only a minute and 16 left in the half, and of course they were able to drive all the way down to the Packers' 15-yard line and kick a field goal, but let's take it a step at a time. First play is a five-yard pass to Khalif Raymond. It's more or less stealing yards. I mean, he really wasn't even open. Uh, again, the scheme and the coverage and everything was there. It's just a timing thing, and the ball got there just as soon as Savage got there, but well-placed ball away from the body, away from the defender, and um, he caught it and went down immediately, but that's five yards, bringing up second and five. Next play, they try to get a quick out route to Amon Ross St. Brown to pick up the first down. Darnell Savage does an unbelievable job breaking on the ball and actually getting his hand on it and swatting it away. Brings up third and five. They run the exact same play, and it's very similar coverage where Savage has to come kind of from the middle of the field based on how the coverage is set up. This time, Savage can't get there in time. He didn't do anything wrong. He ran as fast as he could to try to go catch him, but he's coming from the middle of the field trying to get to the uh, boundary, and it's caught just in time. Savage 
drags them out of bounds, but it's just a just a hair past the stick. So if you're gonna blame anything, that's a it's a scheme issue on that one. And to be fair, when I when I'm blaming the scheme, it's not like it's just an automatically stupid play call. I kind of think of offensive and defensive play calls like rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, and scissors are very equal. It's not like anybody that calls rock is a freaking idiot. And Joe Barry keeps calling rock because he's an idiot. He called rock, the offense called paper. And that's what happened. So it's not necessarily bad scheme. Like sometimes there, there are bad play calls based on this is never going to work. But Joe Barry thought that they were going to do something else, called the appropriate play, and the Lions didn't call what he thought that they were going to call. And the offensive call, based on Joe Barry's defensive call, just you could tell before the play, if you knew the offensive call and the defensive call, that this would be a first down pending execution. If you go back and look on the YouTube channel, you'll find some uh, Coach Hahn and uh, Sam Holman did it. It really kind of illustrates it beautifully because they would each call a play and then reveal their play, and then we would determine who won. And a lot of times they, they would both look at it and say, yeah, I think you got me on that one. Nobody's even playing. How do you know? Because a lot of this is probably predetermined beforehand, and then it just comes down to execution. And there are a lot of times there are good plays or bad plays that don't work out exactly that way because of a, a fantastic throw and catch or a terrible throw or whatever the case may be. It should have worked but didn't. Shouldn't have worked but did. But, you know, prior to the snap, you're looking at teams with like a 75, 80, 90% chance of uh, converting before the ball's even snapped. Actually, it would be something really interesting to look into. You know, if you looked at football from a rock, paper, scissors standpoint, had somebody break down the offensive and defensive calls, determine who had the more advantageous call, and then find out, you know, as play callers, this guy versus this guy, what did it turn into? And then from the player perspective, you know, say our defense was in a disadvantageous situation 70% of the time, but still hold them, held them to 20 points and all that. Suddenly the defense, which maybe doesn't look so great, looks amazing. That'd be a heck of an advanced analytic, wouldn't it? Sort of, sort of like a DVOA. How good did you do, all things considered, considering the situation you were put in? I like that. Anyways, first and 10. Uh, first play, Jared Goff, pass short right to DeAndre Swift. Runs for three yards of Andre Campbell, does run him out of bounds. Again, I'm going to nitpick and say I wish he'd have been a little bit more aggressive and just ran up and made the tackle. But again, I don't know if this is a coaching thing, what they're told to do, or if it's just their style of play. There's always like this goalie mentality of like, I'm just going to hang here and no, don't get past me. Like, I'm so scared of him getting past me. That's my biggest thing. Not I'm going to go get him. It's don't let him get past me. So he kind of like slowly guides him out of bounds as opposed to just running up and smoking him. And granted, I'll take, you know, it's only three yards. I'll take that um, if you're talking 50-50 chance that it's a one-yard loss compared to a 17-yard gain. That was followed by an 11-yard pass to Khalif Raymond. How did that happen? Well, Devondre Campbell was covering him. Khalif did a very quick cut to the inside, and obviously Devondre couldn't keep up with him because he's a linebacker. Violent tackle by Adrian Amos. I feel like they're just picking on Devondre Campbell right now because they're just throwing a quick pass to, Deon, to uh, DeAndre Swift. Who is in coverage? Devondre Campbell. Campbell does make the tackle, but uh, they get five yards, take their second time out. Not even to the 50-yard line yet. Next play, Packers bring a blitz. The, uh, they decide to blitz Campbell. That way you can't pick on him. <laughs> Campbell does get through the line, but they get the ball out very quickly. Again, to DeAndre Swift. Quay does exactly what I said. Tries to aggressively tackle him. He whiffs, and it turns into, instead of coming up one yard short of the sticks and turning into third and one, he's off and running. And he gets not only to the 50 and the 40, but down to, what, the 35-ish? 
37, I guess. But here's the thing. Because you could sit back and say, well, see, that's why you don't go get people. No, 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 no. You need to go get people. You also need to execute. It's both. It's like saying, well, we don't rush the passer because they might throw a screen. Oh, that's a great strategy. We don't think our linebackers should go and aggressively try to tackle people because if they miss, it could be a lot worse. No, you need to go be aggressive, but you also need to not miss. Again, next play, Goff tries to hit on that timing stuff. They're really trying to hit hammer that because guys aren't getting open, so... What I want you to do is run down the field right to where the defender is, turn around, and the ball will be there. But this time he throws it to uh, Brock Wright, whoever that is, and go figure the timing wasn't exactly there. And again, the next play, they're just stealing yards. Uh, we're playing super, super soft coverage. Amon Ross starts running down the field immediately, just looking like you can throw it whenever. Throws it, steals seven yards, call a timeout. And this is when they line up for a uh, kick from the 30-yard line. So you're looking at, what, a 40? You would have been looking at about a 47-yard field goal from the 30. Instead, it was a 33-yard field goal from the 15 because of Razul Douglas' unnecessary roughness penalty, which gave him 15 extra yards. And, of course, he made this one. Anyways, that's it. That's halftime. So, um, I mean, it's nothing super miraculous. I wish there was a little bit more aggression, and I wish they wouldn't give up so much. Um, They're far too comfortable saying, let's just give them seven, let's just give them seven. I mean, they had a minute. Minute and 16 seconds, and they were on their own 15-yard line. We don't have to give them anything. I don't, I don't, I don't understand the mentality in, in modern-day NFL when, when people can move the ball and score points like nothing. I mean, you can be up 30 points and not, not mean anything by halftime, as we learned by the Minnesota Vikings. A minute is enough time to get down the field. You cannot concede anything. You have to get them off the field. Well, if we just play, you know, careful and... Should be able to bleed off enough clock. Nope. Minute 16, they got three timeouts. Can't do that. But anyways, um, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Again, if you want to check out the guide, packernet.substack.com, you can go sign up over there and you can follow along. Try to make this a regular thing. If there's an article, I'll link it. If there's any uh, PFF stuff, I'll post some pictures and whatnot. And kind of a neat wrinkle. Otherwise, uh, patreon.com, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry.org. Please go check them out. See if that's something you'd be willing to uh, support in any possible way. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. 
First play, they're going to set up play action. They're going to try to take a shot over to DJ Chark. Pretty solid coverage by Razul. Not a great throw, although he does have to kind of get it low and away from the defender. But uh, I think a combination of the ball placement, bad hands, and Razul putting his full body weight on the guy, uh, he didn't end up catching it. Next play, fantastic coverage. Absolutely nobody open. Eventually, Preston and Kenny get to him. Um, Preston gets a little bit too far upfield, giving Goff an opportunity to escape out the side, unfortunately. So Kenny isn't able to quite get to him. Goff's going to scramble to the right for six yards. Eventually brought down by Savage. Next play, the Lions run a really odd-looking play. Um, They have four receivers basically running into each other in the middle of the field. I'm guessing the intention is to hope that with the the Packers playing man coverage, it's just an absolute collision, and Lions players come out scot-free, and he's able to find somebody. Packers do a fantastic job navigating that, sticking on their guys. Uh, He does get the ball off to DJ Chark, but Savage is right there, brings him down short of the sticks, brings up fourth and two and uh, they got a punt. So Packers get the ball back, they drive down the field, and then you get the missed 53-yard field goal from Mason. Lions start at the Detroit Lions 43-yard line. Jamal Williams starts the drive off with a 13-yard run, and it looks like this is the exact same play they started the game with. You got Hawkinson, uh, this time though on Preston, whereas before it was Reed. Then you got the two double teams in the middle, and Kingsley up against Penny Sewell. Again, the linebackers are being passive, but it's still clouded enough that Williams decides to break it to the outside. And unfortunately, Kingsley, for whatever reason, gets way, way up the field. He must have thought it was a pass or something. I don't know. But Jamal has a very easy path to the right side of the field um, because nobody's setting an edge. And so Jamal takes off for 13 yards. Next play is the um, 43-yard pass. Jared Goff to Khalif Raymond gets him down to the one-yard line. Basically, we just had a single high safety, Rudy Ford, on this play, and he just wasn't able to do the job. Khalif basically took a stutter step to the to the left. Ford bit hard on it for some reason, so he goes back to the right, and Ford has to kind of stop, double back, and it was just too well thrown of a ball. He wasn't going to get there. Very next play, Jamal Williams, one-yard touchdown. And again, this just comes down to the Packers prioritizing, trying to shut down the middle. Everybody dove right in toward the middle. The Lions, though, perfect play call against what it is we're doing, pulled their left guard over to the right, and because most of our defensive linemen were kind of diving into the middle anyways, there's really only one guy to block, and that's an offensive lineman trying to stop Razul Douglas. And it ends up being a touchdown. Packers respond with a touchdown of their own, 13-yard pass to Lazard, which brings it to 13-16. Jamal Williams runs for five yards. Nothing super special. I'm just glad TJ Slayton ended up grabbing his ankle on his way through because Devondre Campbell had no intention of doing anything on this play. If it sounds like I'm bitter, I am. I'm just annoyed. Again, I'm sure this is Joe Barry saying this is what you're supposed to do. It's just annoying. He's running at you and you're standing there. I don't understand that. Next play, Jared Goff passes to Jamison Williams. And again, they're really just working on the timing. I mean, it seems like the Packers are very dedicated to man coverage. And so they're going to try to exploit that by just getting perfectly timed passes right as guys come out of their breaks. And they did it again, and this time again against Razul. I, seem, I think that's kind of, they're picking on Devondre in certain situations, and for this kind of stuff, it's it's Razul. But uh, hit Jamison in the chest and bounced off, so we caught a break on that one. Then on third and five, we blitz both linebackers. Uh, nearly both of them, both of them nearly get stopped, which is incredible to me how ineffective we are at blitzing. But Quay does actually, is able to push through Frank Ragnow and gets his hand on the back of Jared Goff just in time. He throws to a wide-open Zilstra, which I think is about a first down, or it would have been kind of close. I'm not entirely sure, but he kind of sits down in his own there. But the ball ends up just bouncing off the ground because Quay Walker got to the quarterback. 
So they got a punt, which puts us into uh, the fourth quarter. So we are rocking and rolling here. So they start off, Jared Goff completes a 14-yard pass to Amon Ra. I can't tell if the defense is changing or if the offense made an, an, an adjustment or what exactly the situation is, but when I started this thing, it was like, man, the defense is doing great, nobody's open. I'm watching this, and it's like, man, everybody is open for big gains here. Well, actually, I can see a difference. We rushed six. <laughs> I, I didn't. Usually what I do is I watch the passing from the one angle, and then I look at the uh, trenches from the other angle. Yeah, I just watched it. We rushed six. But nobody gets home. I, we we got to just stop doing that. We suck at it. And not only that, it, it takes two seconds for somebody to get open. So yeah, Amon Ra is open and he's between the two defenders. There's so much space. So he's able to catch it, but not only catch it, he can run and he's got so much space to work with. But there were other options, even on the other side of the field. Guys, guys are just wide open. You're depending with these play calls of getting to the quarterback instantly. And by instantly, I mean, if you've got about one, one and a half seconds, to affect the quarterback, because that ball comes out immediately. Because there's guys are just open. I don't understand it. I mean, if you're going to do it, play press man coverage and hope that you can get there quickly. Playing zone, I just I don't understand that. You don't have enough guys to cover enough space. Next play, Jamal Williams runs for 11 yards. And, and this, is, this is another issue I have with them being so cautious, the linebackers I'm talking about, because they're being cautious, and guess what? They still end up getting blocked. So, you know, they... they they run a play where the offensive line starts shifting to the right. So it seems as though the play is to the right. So the linebackers slowly shift to their left, which is the, where it seems like it's going. But they still stay kind of slow, calm. Don't, don't over-pursue. Don't overreact. Which is for these reasons. Because if they double back and go to the offensive left, our defensive right, we're going to be out of position. Well, guess what? You didn't over-pursue, and they're still able to get blockers up to you, so you're still not able to make a play. So what difference does it make? The linebackers affect nothing on this defense, and I'm tired of it. They blitz, and they don't do anything. They play the run, and they don't do anything. And in coverage, they very rarely do anything. Occasionally in cover, you know, occasionally in each, right? We just had Quay Walker affect the quarterback. I get that. Barely. But I just, I just don't like this. Again, every other team I watch, they don't do this. And the linebackers just wreck our world. They're, they're, they're flying around being playmakers, and our guys are just standing there. I don't understand it. The other issue with this play is Preston gets way too far up the field, and so Quay is being blocked, and Preston's way too far away, and there's just these massive gaps. I mean, now it just starts to feel like not only is the defensive play calling falling apart, but the players are just not making good decisions. Nobody can hold an edge, and Jamal is just running free for 11 yards. So we got a 14-yard gain and an 11-yard gain to start things off, and this is going to be an 8-yard run after that, then a 9-yard run after that, or, or pass, I guess, to Swift. Four big plays in a row to start this series in the fourth quarter, and we need to put this thing away. Come on, man. This, this, this is an offensive problem, not a defensive problem, but it's still a defensive problem, right? The, the game as a whole, the defense did enough. The offense did not. But this is also stupid. In this play, the, uh, the eight-yard game by Jamal, the linebackers, it did kind of crash down, and it worked great. Nowhere for him to go. The problem is he bounced around, and nobody, was, nobody did anything, right? Nobody got into the backfield. Nobody got off their blocks. And somebody's going to have to explain to me what the heck Kenny is doing. Kenny is literally willingly walking away from the play. He's, he's choosing to be walked over to Preston. He's, he's shoulder to shoulder with Preston. That's the giant gap that he ran through. So there's nowhere for him to go because Quay and Devondre crashed down. Nowhere for him to go. He's stuck. Except for this massive hole where Kenny was standing because he just got up and elected to be walked. I, I have, what the heck is he doing? He didn't get pushed over there. I mean, it was like he just kind of walked over there with the offensive lineman. Only thing I could think is he thought the quarterback was keeping it, so he 
even though he's being pushed in that direction, he's like, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. We should go this way. Let's go get the quarterback. And then made no real effort to go back. I, I have no idea what the heck is going on here. It's just a cluster. And then Devondre did actually catch him, even with that giant gap there. Devondre was able to get to him, but he couldn't bring him down. So Jamal fights through that and ends up picking up eight yards. I have no words. Then you get the nine-yard uh, catch and run from DeAndre Swift. And again, it's just, you know, I mean, these these are always tough because you got guys like Preston who are in a tough spot. They sell it. I don't know what exactly you're supposed to do, but Preston does get right in between the two defenders. The problem is he misses the tackle. He isn't able to quite get there. Swift is kind of a shifty guy and whatnot. So he tries. He can't get there. Then you got Kingsley and Igbare. I have no idea what in the world he's doing. He's 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 right there. He can make a beeline. He can just drive right through him and tackle him. But Swift kind of does like a, a kind of a stutter step, and he stops like, oh, what if he's going to go the other? So what if he goes the other way? That's where all the other Packer guys are. Don't let him get to the boundary. But he falls for that little rope-a-dope, so he stops. So he can't get to him. And then you've got Jaron Reed, who obviously isn't fast enough until he eventually gets to Devondre Campbell and just runs out of bounds. I mean, it's just little tiny mental things. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Kingsley? Go get him. Everybody's so scared all the time. Everybody's always hesitating. Everybody's always, ugh. Next play, DeAndre Swift gets no yardage. And um, once again, it's the guys up front. I mean, Kenny had that boneheaded thing, but otherwise I feel like it's the defensive line doing everything in this game. Kenny gets through the offensive lineman um, right where Swift is going. So Swift has to quickly jump, try to make a quick jump cut to get back to the outside. And and, uh, TJ Slayton is just waiting for him and brings him down. It was basically two guys against three or four offensive linemen both of our guys, one got through the line and brought him down. They again try a quick pass to Swift off to the outside, but Jair's there to close in. Fortunately, we got some guys with a little bit more speed this time, like Jair as opposed to Kingsley and Jaron Reed. Uh, this is the play where he tries to jump over him, and Jair just lunges into his lower body. So that was only a two-yard gain, bringing up third and eight. And I think this is where, so, so they end up running DeAndre Swift. He gets around to the outside of the six, which brings up fourth and two, and they decide to go for it. And this is exactly that annoying play that I was talking about where Jair is just standing so far off. And I will show you this in Exhibit E, exactly what I'm talking about. You may have already seen it on social media, but this play was doomed to fail. Next, they're going to pitch out to DeAndre Swift, who gets 11 yards. These, these plays I always look at and say, I really don't know what we were supposed to do on this. I mean, you're just, you're just looking for somebody to make a miraculous play. I thought Adrian Amos did a great job taking out one of the blockers, but it's like, we don't have enough guys there to for someone to make a play. So um, he isn't brought down until 11 yards down the field. That was first and 10 on the third uh, on the 22. That brings it to first and 10 on the 11-yard line now. Again, they're just pitching it real quick to DeAndre Swift in the flat. Feels like that's all they're doing this entire game. He only gets two yards on it, but of course, this is where uh, Quay Walker ends up getting disqualified. Not only that, it there's uh, a five-yard penalty on the play. So that's going to bring it to first and uh, first and goal from the four-yard line. First play, great job by Isaiah McDuffie. What did he do? Well, he was aggressive. He just attacked behind the line of scrimmage. Rather than waiting, he saw an opening, and he ran through it, and he tackled the guy behind the line of scrimmage. Now, he was set up on the edge as an edge rusher, but still, there wasn't like this, I need to hold the edge, I got to wait, I got to wait. He just went and got him. So he does fall forward for no gain. Next play, Jamal Williams up the middle for three yards. Devontae Wyatt really did a fantastic job, um, immediately gets his hands inside, stands his guy up, has complete control of him, is able to shed him and get a hand on Jamal Williams, which maybe is enough to kind of slow this down to keep him from getting in. 
Slayton's doing the best job he possibly can with the double team. I do wish Devondre Campbell would have got up there and helped him a little bit, but he just decided to stand there until, once again, somebody comes and blocks him out of position so he's not doing anything. In comes Adrian Amos, who is actually trying to make a play and do something, comes flying up through the gap and hits uh, Jamal. He is the one definitively that uh, took this thing away on top of Devontae Wyatt, who's kind of holding them from behind. And then the next play, they kind of rope-a-dope um, Devontae Wyatt a little bit. He almost makes the play, but they kind of leave him unblocked. So he gets up the field, and he's kind of confused, like, what the heck is going on? And just at that time, somebody's coming across the formation and smokes him. He does actually still get a hand on Jamal, but he's just too strong. He runs right through that gap where Wyatt was. And it's a walk-in touchdown. Anyways, the final drive for the Detroit Lions. There's three minutes, 27 seconds left, which, as you know, is a lot of time. But it's not going to matter. First play is a pass play, 11 yards to Amon Ra. So remember, they started off the last time with four big plays. This time it's an 11-yard pass to Amon Ra, followed by an 11, uh, a 9-yard run to Jamal. So it's just, you can tell things are just going way downhill real fast. And again, it's mostly just a schematic thing. Uh, if you look at the way that they're playing this, it 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 feels, and, and maybe this is just because things are bad, but it feels a lot like the defense that I saw that was just not doing things. Again, it's, it's savage as a guy's coming across the formation, and you're thinking he ran as fast as he possibly could, as soon as he could, and he just didn't quite get there in time. I don't know what he could have done that's any better. I really don't. And this is the one that actually ended up getting kind of like, kind of broken up, but it also went between his legs, and it was a super weird, crazy thing, and it ended up being caught or whatever. I don't know, but it just, again, it, it just, I feel like I'm watching week six Packers defense right now, where it's it's the same kind of plays that I feel like I've seen a hundred times, and the same mistakes that I feel like I was complaining about back then, where I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, this has to be Joe Barry, because the guys are doing as good as I can possibly imagine, and I have no idea what they could have done better to make this work. Next play again, nine-yard run up the middle by Jamal. Um, I thought the defensive line did okay. Uh, the, the biggest issue there is you've got a double team on Slayton, and um, so there's a, a gap right in the middle. I mean, you can see it. They're, they're blocking Kenny. You got Wyatt. You got everybody across the line, and you can see right where the gap is. If Devondre Campbell goes up the middle there, there's no more gap, but he doesn't. He stands there, and he stands there, and he stands there, and then he actually allows Slayton to be blocked right into him. So now he's actually being blocked, and nobody's even touching him. Two guys are blocking Slayton. He's being double teamed, and Campbell's stuck behind them, <laughs> which is freaking hilarious. And so uh, Williams runs right through that gap, and uh, Devondre Campbell catches him from behind to bring him down after nine yards. I just, I don't understand this, man. I don't get it. Next play is a one-yard run by Jamal Williams. Again, defensive line doing a good job scaring. Slayton scares him, so he bounces it to the outside. Wyatt's standing right there, so he bounces it again to the outside. Then he tries to get around Preston. He can't do it. Preston comes in, wraps him up, because well, because Razul was flying in, so he couldn't just try to get around that. So he tries to tuck in between Razul and Preston, and the two guys bring him down for a one-yard gain. Again, defensive line either does the whole job by themselves, or it's a disaster. I don't know why we bothered to invest in a in a pay a bunch of money for a linebacker and then our first pick in the first round is a linebacker and all we're going to have him do is stand there and get blocked. I mean, I'm watching Isaiah McDuffie come in and Chris Barnes come in and they're doing just as good of a job, if not better at this point. <sighs> Whatever. Yeah, next play, Jamal Williams up the middle for three yards. Do you know what happened? There were gaps 
and Chris Barnes shot through it and brought the guy down. And, and, and I always felt like Barnes and McDuffie did a good job of this. And maybe they're just not doing what they're supposed to do. But there's, there's, you just don't feel the hesitation. He didn't just stand there. He went up and made a tackle and only got three yards on it. Next play is a passing play to Amon Ross St. Brown, but there is a penalty on James Mitchell for 10 yards, so that's going to bring up second and 17 from the 31-yard line, still with two minutes and four seconds left. This is when they run their little trick play, quick pass to Amon Ross St. Brown, who pitches it back to uh, DeAndre Swift, ends up running for 14 yards, and this play was so close to being a disaster um, because you had Preston Smith immediately hitting Amon Ross St. Brown. No, that's, uh, is that Barnes? Barnes shot through the line and hit Amon Ross St. Brown as soon as he touched it, but he's still able to get that ball off to Swift. But then a minute 15 left, fourth and one, they're going to go for it. Actually, I jumped the gun. Third and three, Jamal Williams gets two yards. Oh my good lord. Do you, do you, I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I would rather have Barnes in there than Quay right now. He did exactly what I've been begging this entire game. He ran all the way around through where the gap was being made curled around the corner, and tackled him from behind. Chris Barnes did. Third and three, he got two yards. If it wasn't for Barnes, if he would have done what all the other linebackers do, Dre and Quay, and just stood there, this is an easy first down. I'll show you this as exhibit, I think, F. I'll do my best. I can't do videos, but I can do pictures, but I'll do my best to show you the difference and the contrast compared to the first exhibit A that I showed you. Anyways, on fourth and one, we bring six. Um... Can't really be super upset about bringing six, I suppose, because you're assuming they're going to run. But as we've learned, when you bring extra guys, there's too much space out in coverage. And there was. DJ Chark was wide open. It was a nine-yard reception. That's it. Lions kneel for a win. 